You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. Now batting for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball, the host, Al Melchior. Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball. Welcome, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. And you know, it's not just any Thursday. Here on FanRack Fantasy Baseball, it's not Thursday. So, yes, another show with Nando DeVino from Fantasy Sports Network. And uh, Nando, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Al. It's always a pleasure to get those emails some point on a Tuesday being like Nando Thursday. And if I can do it, I love it. <laughs> As do I. As do I. I thought you could say you love getting the emails with the... Uh, you know, mounds and mounds of notes and, and stats. I, I, I cut it back a bit today, though. You may have noticed. Well, I'm sorry, well, cause I, we ran all over them last week, and I feel bad and somewhat uh, responsible for that. I'm sorry. I'm re- I think you <laughs> are about 1% responsible not to. I never get through all the notes. So. Right, makes me feel <laughs> much better. You. <laughs> I'm the constant here. So. <laughs> I think I know where the blame goes. Anyway, let's get to it. Uh, some News, as we always uh, do, start off there. Kyle Schwarber back up from AAA Iowa and back in the Cubs lineup, batting fifth today against the Brewers and out there in left field once again. Um, You excited, Nando? Very. Uh, I've had Kyle Schwarber, uh, uh, Jorge Soler, and Kettle Marte, who've been tearing up the minors, and they're all on a bunch of my teams. So this is kind of like the final piece of the puzzle, and I'm just ecstatic about it, Al. Yeah, well, uh, and I'm I'm happy for you. I'm I'm ecstatic too. I don't I don't have any Schwarber this year, but uh, I do have some uh, Mike Trout. So I feel like pieces are coming back together for me. Mike Trout finally started his rehab assignment. Uh, went 0 for three, and you could look for the silver lining in that in that he was going to make either two or three plate appearances. Uh, this is in the California League at Inland Empire, and he felt good enough after the second one to make the third one. So even though he didn't get a hit. You could uh, view that positively for Mike Trout. Uh, today, he is expected to play the field for the first time. He DH'd in that game on Wednesday. Uh, Johnny Cueto not pitching today. That game already started. Uh, that's, the, of course, the Giants at the Tigers. He was scratched with an ear infection. Chris Stratt got the start, which has not really worked out that great for the Giants because the Tigers are leading 5-2. to two. Zach Britton was activated off the DL on Wednesday, and he got right back into action, uh, pitching the seventh inning against the Brewers. It was a scoreless inning, Nando, but wasn't really all that impressive. Um, Through, I think it was eight of 19 pitches for strikes, had a wild pitch, walked a guy. Um, would you figure on using Zach Britton next week after the, or actually, you know, let's, let's, let's ramp this up. I think, I think that's an easy one. In a daily league, would Plan on using Zach Burton before the All Star break. Uh, I think you kind of have to. He's in there and he's he's going to get saves, and I don't think they're going to you know throw him out in the seventh inning just to test his test his metal right now. Um, but if if I was in a season long league and someone offered me, I have to think of what the offer would have to be. I would probably take that offer if it was somewhere in the neighborhood. I'm, I'm very worried about Zach Britton, basically. Yeah, I'm a little worried too. Um, I don't have him. I do have some Brad Brock. So I'm certainly not going to be looking to him to clear a roster spot for somebody else. You know, I want to hang on to, to Brad Brock for 
for a while and make sure this works out okay for Zach Britton. And actually, in one league, I did drop Britton. Or I mean, I, I dropped uh, Brock when Britton came back from the DL the first time. So, oh, and then I'm regretted a, a week extra, later. Extra, yeah. So I'm, I'm being a little extra cautious this time around. I understand. Yeah. Well, we're going to continue to give you more uh, fair and prudent advice here on the show. So we're going to head to break. we got much more news. Check up uh, on that score. Oh, actually, a few scores. Lineups, weather, all that good stuff. Stick around. We'll be right back. Quarterback to receiver hookups. Running back depth analysis. Rookie values in dynasty leagues. Deep sleepers. Training camp battles. These are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. And it's power-packed with so much more, including fully sortable player projections and a custom cheat sheet generator. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package now at rotoexperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And my guest today, as is the case many Thursdays, is Nando DeFino. So, um, Nando... We've got some more news here of the injury variety, so I'm just going to uh, get to these. Uh, Carlos Correa sat against the Braves on uh, Wednesday with a jammed thumb. I hate that. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, what's what's the like? I wish it was just something, anything but a jammed thumb. Uh, thumbs, I, well, I guess I'm happy that it's the All-Star break time. Maybe he can just not play through it, but thumbs, some they bother me a little bit, Al. Yes, so, so if you're the the Korea owner, and I don't mean to presume if you are or you aren't, but um, well, obviously I am. That's that why really? I, that's why I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, just might might be you know good a good injury Samaritan, but um, <laughs> would, would you that root for <laughs> would you root for Korea to sit the rest of the week out, get healthy, and kind of play play the long game, uh, or you want him back in there? I would. Uh, well, I'd like him in, and then I'd like him. You know, give me like one more day of Carlos Correa before the break. And then I'll be happy. But I, I just uh, remember Dustin Pedroia back in like 20, I want to say 12, maybe 2011, when he quote unquote had that jam thumb and everything was fine. And then some reporters like, oh, Pedroia has a torn thumb ligament. And everyone just started pitching him uh, knowing he wasn't going to have any power. Maybe it was a wrist ligament. Whatever yeah. it was, it's the wrist thumb thing just seems to me screams sapping power. And there's really something worse in there. Anything in the the hand complex, and you know, look at the season Ian Desmond's had so far. Right. Case in point. Case in point, I think. Uh, Rugnet Odor left with a, not. You're going to hate this. A bruised left hand. <laughs> Red Sox yesterday, and uh, the Rangers don't play today, so we won't get an indication of uh, you know his status most likely till till tomorrow. Whereas the Astros do play the uh, Blue Jays tonight. No lineup for them yet, uh, but we will get the lineups momentarily. Uh, John Lackey has been reported as dealing with plantar fasciitis in his right foot, but with the break coming up, uh, I would assume he's uh, planning on on coming back. There's no plans, uh, at least imminently, to put John Lackey on the DL. 
mentioned earlier Mike Trout uh, with his rehab day debut. Uh, Madison Bumgarner made another rehab start. Uh, did not go particularly well, and this was also in the California League. Gave up nine runs in four innings, but despite that, he is still uh, supposedly coming back on July 15th. So, you know, you, when I asked you about uh, Zach Britton, you know, you talked about some trade scenarios. How about Madison Bumgarner? Uh, would you try to maybe get him at a discount after this rehab start? I don't know. You know, in, in, well, in a vacuum? Yes, I think you could. Uh, I was hoping you had the vacuum sound effect ready to go. Yeah, totally unprepared. It was like today, four sorry. phones ago. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I, Actually, same phone. Number. Really? <laughs> Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, back when we worked together, Al had, uh, he, during the podcast, had his phone ready for the vacuum sound effect for when we'd say in a vacuum. Uh, I think emotions, if, if you're the mad bum owner, I think there's too much emotion there. You've been waiting so long. You just kind of, you want him back so bad and anticipating this moment uh, that there's no way you could get a buy low on Bumgarner from anyone. I think even after the start in the minors, uh, I just think people are anticipating him coming back so much that you can't, you can't pull off anything there. Yeah, well, you know, that said, I did get a Twitter question this morning about him, and I hope I'm remembering the details correctly, but I think it was a mad bum owner. Bad, mad bum owner. That was scary. Uh, who was who was looking to sell him at a discount? I wish I could remember who the player was that he was thinking of getting a return, but it was not even I thought close. So I don't. I think it's, I think it's worth a try. Uh, maybe that maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading this entire situation wrong. But if I had a guy, it's not like he's got you know shoulder inflammation he had an atv accident you know what i mean like it's not it's it's not something that's going to nag he's healed and he's back and he'll probably be awesome again just uh have a little trouble with the california league yeah let's not worry about that yeah <laughs> they got bad defense in the uh, minors they're, they're not ready they're not up to his caliber of play yet yeah yeah i, I, I wouldn't worry about it. seriously i would not uh, Eric Sogard's been placed on the 10-day DL. Now, you want to talk about something that's breaking my heart because I've, I've been all about uh, the nerd power. Yes, uh, you have. Picked him up in leagues. Yeah, no, I love it. Love love what he's done so far. So he had, hadn't played a lot lately anyway. Some of it may have been due to this ankle strain. Uh, but the Brewers set that DL stint retroactive to yesterday, July 5th. So he could be back uh, af- right after the break. I'm not sure where he plays because Jonathan VR is kind of settling back in. But uh, at least the rest of this week, no Eric Sogard for you. Uh, Rysel Iglesias is on the Nationals' radar, just with every like every other uh, closer with a pulse, basically. I'm not sure who's not on the Nationals' radar. Yeah, but you know what's good about that? Uh, I wanna, that, that's, um, that screams to me the Drew Storm. Lorenzen. Well, I was, I was thinking Drew Storm, uh, actually. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder who it would be. A couple of interests. I, I think either one would be interesting. Storen's been amazing this year. He's Drew Storen has quietly had a resurgent year and has put up pretty excellent numbers to the point where you can use him in a yeah, league plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he really that goes back to when he went to the Mariners last year. He was pretty good for them. Yeah, they so, fixed him. I would like that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, speaking of closer situations, Nando, uh, for fan graphs, not fan rag, uh, I did a... Um, uh, uh, the uh, bullpen report last night and did a little write-up on what's going on in Texas because Keanu Kayla recently went on the DL. And in doing research, I, I found something to me that was really surprising, that out of the 
the four guys, including Kayla, who could be back right after the break. So him, uh, Matt Bush, uh, Jose Leclerc, and Alex Claudio. Claudio's the one with the lowest FIP, XFIP, and Sierra out of the group. Really? I mean, is there? Yeah. So you sound surprised, too. Well, you know, um, in the uh, – this is we're flying our nerd flags, but in the uh, Diamond Mine um, league that we are both in? Well, oh, wait. You used to be in. You dropped, like, right? Used to be in. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I was I I was I don't know. I I got this weird sorting thing that I do with the players, and it was the year before, but whatever. Leclerc stood out to me a little bit. I was I was really getting on Leclerc and Tony Barnett. Actually, uh, were two guys who jumped out at me. Um, that's why Alex Claudio. I'd, I'd gone through all his old numbers and stuff, and through the minors, and I'm just like, well, you know, he's okay. Um, but those other two jumped out at me like that's closer material. Whereas uh, Claudio is just kind of. Yeah, kind of not not just a dude, but he, he wasn't he wasn't impressing me as much as the other two were. Yeah, well, I I don't think you're alone in that, and and I would include myself there too because I you know when I first saw the report that he was going to be part of this committee, I thought yeah you know whatever. I mean, there's always that fourth or fifth guy that gets mentioned by the manager who never gets a shot. Right. <laughs> and maybe Claudio right. is that guy, but 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 you know I, he gets a ton of ground balls. And in, in, in the piece that I wrote, I compared him to a, I basically said he was a left-handed Brad Ziggler in terms of very low velocity, lots of sinkers, lots of ground balls, uh, pretty good control. Um, but no strikeouts. So, if, know, if I remember I think, Claudio right, it was no yeah. strike, like okay numbers, no strikeouts. Exactly. You know, pretty good everything except the strikeouts, and yeah, very very few. So well, that was Jim Johnson, um, and along those, yeah, Jim Johnson did that. Yeah, yeah, for a while. You're right, and and same formula, a lot of ground balls, good sinker. But you know what's what's Claudio's? Because so, Jim Johnson always threw hard, but wouldn't strike people out. Like when someone's like Jim Johnson throws 95, like yeah, right. He gets like five strikeouts per nine, but he like Jim Johnson was a hard thrower. So he just induced yeah, Claudio's a week. In the yeah, mid 80s. Not Jim Johnson. <laughs> Never mind. No. <laughs> no, but I mean the results. You know, maybe the the, the velocity's not there, but the the results. I think you could compare. And, you know, we have examples of guys who uh, Ziggler was the one who popped to mind. But, um, you know, Brandon Kinsler, I think, to a lesser extent, he's not like a, a, a you know, super duper ground ball pitcher. But he, that's kind of his formula. And he's been very good this year. Al, you know, what's so I think these guys. This yeah. this I mean, we're not even talking about Jeremy Jeffress, who a couple of like a year and a half ago was one of my favorite sort of closers in the world. Yeah. And, and they also got Jason Grilly. He's definitely. Yeah. They just did. How are they having such issues? Uh, pitch- <laughs> I don't know. Because, yeah, I mean, really, I remember at the beginning of the year thinking, wow, this is a stacked bullpen. You know, the, there's this is going to be really difficult because there's so many good relievers and it's kind of wound up being, you know, a, a tough situation because nobody's really stepped up. Yeah, that's weird. And even Leclerc, who I really like, I mean, he's he's not throwing a lot of strikes. So, yeah, it is a, it is a weird situation. Uh, we've got I think, a little over a minute to the break here, so I want to just uh, check in on a few lineups. Uh, and uh, my uh, Eric Sogard fixation is like slowly being replaced by a Daniel Nava fixation because I just couldn't. When I first saw his uh, splits against righties a couple weeks ago, I, I couldn't believe them, and they've actually gotten better since then. So he's leading off for the Phillies today. There is no uh, Nick Williams in the lineup, but it's really been Aaron Altair who's been sitting uh, for Nava. Uh, of late uh, but we'll talk more about Nava later just a couple of other ones uh, now I don't want to get in here real quick there is um, no Nolan Arenado in the Rockies lineup Pat Valaika at third base and no Corey Dickerson 
in the Rays lineup against the Red Sox and Chris Sale. Uh, so you've got an outfield there of um, Malik Smith, who we'll talk about later, Peter Borjos, and uh, Steven Souza. So there you go. So uh, chew on that for a little bit. We will come back and take a look at some of the standout pitching performances from Wednesday. So do not go anywhere. We will be right back. In 2016, Scott Engel predicted an impressive second season from Melvin Gordon. Jake Seeley recommended Jordan Howard. Bobby McMahon forecasted a JGI breakthrough. George Kurtz saw a big year coming from Matt Ryan. And Joe Galena picked Rashard Matthews as one of his top sleepers. These predictions turned fantasy owners into champions, and the same crew returns this year. With more savvy calls in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at RotoExperts.com. Don't miss the calls that create winners. Register now and enter free radio at checkout for a special discount. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Fan Rag Fantasy Baseball. And it's on Thursday, so that's Nando DeVito's. And uh, we've got uh, lots more to get to. Pitching standout performances, a little check-in on the weather. But first, uh, let me tell you about the world's premier 24-7 fantasy sports radio network app. You can take it with you wherever you go. Download the fantasy sports radio app now on the iTunes Store or on Google Play. And listen for free, free, anytime, anywhere. You can hear Tony Cicada on the treadmill, Betty Riccardi in the car, or Greg Sussman on the subway, or just relax with the king on the couch, or Jake Seeley when you're jogging. Keep you updated and informed wherever you go. So get the Fantasy Sports Radio app for free right now on the iTunes Store or on Google Play, and take the experts with you. So Nandai was just checking in over the break on the ongoing uh, or the uh, the games that are in progress uh, the Cardinals are leading the Marnels, uh, the Marnels, the Marlins 3-2 and Jed Jerko's back in the lineup but uh, Tom Miller just struck him out so I'm sorry we'll have to live with that Al <laughs> he'll more bats for sure it's good to have, uh, yeah, it's good to have him are, back it is it is and the Cardinals are up 3-2 to two. Uh, the Brewers are taking it to the Cubs 9-0 Mike Montgomery already out of that game and we were just talking about Rysel Iglesias, uh, but we're in the first in Colorado with the Reds up one nothing there. How is the weather in New York today? It's uh, it's not as humid as it's been. It's supposed to start raining in a little bit, but uh, I haven't really been outside much today, Al. And uh, <laughs> it's gloomy. I can tell you that um, the the AccuWeather does say rain starting around five six o'clock, but then it goes you know cloudy again at seven, then rain again at eight. I didn't look at the percentage. <laughs> Just look at the pictures. So uh, there, okay, well, there are yeah, little rain clouds. Looking at the, yeah, I'm looking at the pictures right now. And in terms of weather tonight around the major leagues, you know, I asked because uh, you know you're uh, there in the Eastern Seaboard, and, and the two games that look like they're uh, in a little bit of trouble are the Phillies hosting the Pirates and the Nats hosting the Braves, and that's just how you know, how it's appearing here on Roto Grinders is just how you described it with. Uh, in Philly, a 49% chance of rain at game time, uh, then going down, then going up, and in D.C., 71%, but actually going down after that. So maybe just a delayed start there for the Braves and the Nationals. Uh, so that would be good. Freddie Freeman were... getting that third base eligibility. We need these games. Right. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Do not slow down the pace of uh, third base eligibility. Uh, and that is a uh, Mike Fultonevich start. And Gio Gonzalez also. Fultonevich. See uh, you. He's been weird. He's been weird for me this year. I can't remember weird I, every year though. I can't remember if I traded him or if I've been trying to trade him in, in, the, in the Scott White <laughs> Dynasty League. I honestly don't know if he's still on my roster. I don't think he is. I think I traded him away. But that's where I am. I'm I Fulton Evich. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's 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 a high degree of ambivalence there when you're not even sure if he's rostered. Isn't that, I mean, that's crazy, right? I should know this because he'd probably be a starting pitcher. I think I traded him to Scott White because Scott White loves the Braves, and I felt like I, I could well, get a little extra. Sense. Yeah, well, to me, it makes sense because uh, I'm, I'm in a, a whole bunch of leagues. And, you know, on this show, but pretty much every day I say, well, I think I've got this guy. And I'm sure it sounds terrible, but it's it's hard to keep all those those rosters together. What I do know for sure is in that league, I just recently traded Robbie Ray. And that's something I've been talking about on this show, not necessarily saying, hey, you know, owners there in the Scott White Dynasty League, uh, I'm trading Robbie Ray, but just saying, I think he's uh, a great sell high candidate. So I dealt him in that league for Jose, or I'm sorry, not Jose Quintana, um, Carlos Rodon and Dancy Sp- Dansby Swanson. And it is, I would never do that in a redraft league, but it's a, um, it's a dynasty league. So oh. we call it the Scott White dynasty league. That's right. <laughs> Scott White's baby. You don't pay any money. There are 24 teams. The first draft was on St. Patrick's Day, um, and it took about eight hours. And I remember sitting at the, yep. I was living in Florida at the time. Uh, my buddy Sias was in town, and I just told, a bunch of dudes like come over i gotta do this draft you know i I can kind of half pay attention to it um and we'll drink and so by the end of that draft i was just bidding on anyone to fill out my roster (laughs) but i do care about this (laughs) league (laughs) (laughs) well it must have been the the second year because i i uh yeah i did an auction with you in that same league um but maybe it was the year after that but yeah that it's it's an endurance test for sure it really was uh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, check into some of the performances from Wednesday. And I think we've got to start with Alex Wood, a perfect 10 of a performance because it was his 10th win in 10 decisions. And he got 10 strikeouts against the Diamondbacks. And uh, you know, he had, a, had some tough competition there, also in terms of his opposite number, because Zach Godley pitched a pretty nice game. But uh, Wood was better. Seven scoreless innings, uh, as I mentioned, 10 Ks, two walks. Just three hits, and he's got that ERA down to 1.67. So um, who can you trade Alex Wood for at this point? That's uh, among Let's say let's say a pitcher for pitcher. I mean, how many pitchers would you rather have? Well, I was actually going to go with Miguel Sano. I think Miguel Sano might not be enough if you have Alex Wood right now because of how many pitchers are kind of out of it and giving up home runs and high ERAs. And, but if I would take another – I mean, obviously Kershaw – um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, Alex Woods like my fa- he's one of my favorites of all. Like, I I went hard after Alex Wood wherever I could this year. Um, he's just if you cover up the name and just look at his stats, especially his minor league stats, there's no reason not to like Alex Wood. And plus, he's learning from Clayton Kershaw, and it's just Alex Wood's amazing and awesome. And this is all for real. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I mean, the only concern I have is injury with him. And at some point, you just got to say, you know, you just you just got to write it out. So yeah, I mean, you know, Clayton Kershaw is the obvious one, but um, you know, the the, the big, you know, big, uh, I don't know, four or five, uh, you know, certainly uh, because you know they're established. The Chris Sales, Max Scherzer's. Um, well, how about uh, I, maybe if you how if about you offered Steven me... Strasburg because you're talking about another injury prone guy, right? 
I want I wood. That, that's ah, boy. You know why? I mean, it's Strasburg's sometimes in his career, and I like Steven Strasburg a lot, but has been prone to high ERA. You know, whether or not that was injury influence, and he wasn't saying anything about it, he still has a couple blips on his radar. Whereas Alex Wood right now is on fire. Like you said, I don't think it's injury that's going to worry me about Alex Wood. I think it's there's going to be some eventual dead arm. I mean, he he only pitched 60 innings last year. Um, and maybe they'll try and limit his innings somehow in the middle of it. You know, maybe one of those fake trips to the DL where he's, you know, got shoulder fatigue uh, or, so, you know, right. illness um, just to give his arm a rest. So I, I wouldn't do Strasburg. If you gave me like Strasburg and maybe Severino or Strasburg and, and like Jose Barrios, I would consider it. But right now I'm holding as tightly as I can on Alex Wood. I, I think uh, Strasburg and, and Severino would be pretty nice. And I think I've, I've talked about this on the show if I didn't, or even if I did, I think it's worth mentioning again. I think Severino's a great buy low target right now because he's coming off of a, a string of about four starts that have not been very good. And yet the peripherals have been really steady. Uh, you know, from when they were going, when he was going well earlier in the year, um, you know, with good control and missing bats and uh, doing all the same things he was earlier. But uh, I think he's just not stranding as many runners. Um, so I think that would be a great deal. Maybe like a and maybe, yeah. Garrett, I was going to think Garrett Cole, Cole Odorizzi. Uh, I think I would deal in bulk right now for Alex Wood. It wouldn't be like you know, would you rather have him or Strasburg? I think it's more like which two or three pieces could you add up to Alex Wood right now that are maybe two sevens that you know surpass his one ten. So you're giving up the stud, but you're <sighs> filling out some. Ple- I mean, starting pitching's been kind of tough this year. No, it's been very tough, and I mean, so there are a lot of owners I'm sure who you know might not have a solid top pitcher. Well, if you've got Alex Wood, you've obviously got yourself an ace. So maybe let me change the scenario a little bit where maybe you've got Alex Wood, but very little depth behind him. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of streaming starting pitchers, but <laughs> maybe not more than two a week. Right. So I could see that, but they'd still have to be two pretty good pitchers. And yeah, I like the idea of Severino as a buy low target. And maybe you couple him with, uh, I, I honestly, Cole? Cole wouldn't be enough for me, but with Severino and um, Cole, isn't enough for you to get Alex Wood? No, but I think maybe this is a, a segue to a Cole conversation that we we're going to have anyway. Because he had a really nice start against the Phillies, but he's had a pretty schedule easy schedule lately, and he hasn't done that much. He's done much with it with ERA, but the peripherals haven't really looked very good. He has an 8% whiff rate, uh, Garrett Cole, over his last five starts, and I don't know what it was before uh, the Wednesday start at the Phillies, but he got 14 swings and misses against the Phillies, so it had to have been like 6 or 7% before that over a, a four start stretch. So I, I'm not buying this with Garrett Cole. I guess I, I suppose that sounds like you are, if you'd be willing to couple him with Severino for, for Alex Wood. I've tried to figure that out. Be fair? Uh, yeah. I've, I've tried to figure out Cole for a while. Um, I even went so far as to, which by the way, Al, this doesn't exist like a database where you can see how he's done with his battery mate. Like I want to see, Oh, well maybe he sucks when Cervelli's the catcher. Now that Cervelli's concussed. Unless you know something that I don't, but I asked like four really smart people about it. Uh, I know there. I think ESPN. I know some somebody's got catcher ERA somewhere, but that's you know obviously you you want more than that. You're right, so, I don't want no, I'm not Cole aware of with Cervelli catcher yeah. ERA. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's I think that's out there. I couldn't find it. So that's anyway that's a if research it, project. If you're listening and it's out there, either make it or send Al and I the link, please. 
Um, <laughs> Which, whichever's fastest. But, so the point is, I did all those game logs and tried to match up the catchers, and I actually hand-wrote out the ERAs and the whips and everything, and it wasn't the catcher. And it, just the one thing that stands out to me when you go look at fan graphs, his home run, weight, his home run rate is sky high this year. It's, I think, triple what it normally is. All his other peripherals are kind of in line with who Garrett Cole is, you know, plus or minus a couple things here or there. Um, so, so even the even the whiff rate? Because he's, he's not been getting swings and misses lately. Or maybe he had enough earlier in the year. It didn't stand out enough for me to be like, oh. Huh. Anyway, I think we got to take a break. Just, yeah, we do. This is just the tip of the Garrett Cole iceberg. Uh, <laughs> but we got a lot more uh, pitchers to talk about. Some Kashner talk when we come back. You don't want to miss that. So stick around. Many fantasy football players are focusing on their upcoming drafts later this summer. But the smart fantasy owner knows there's another big draft before the one where you pick the players. The first step in building a winner for the 2017 season is to draft the best team of experts for your preseason prep. So make the right selection and pick the squad at rotoexperts.com by purchasing the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. The Roto Experts roster features FSWA inaugural Hall of Famer and former Fantasy Football Writer of the Year Scott Engel, nationally acclaimed top ranker Jake Seeley, 2015 and 16 FSWA award winners Bobby McMahon and Brandon Murchison, and many more analysis with impressive stats. They bring you a draft package bursting with all pro analysis and in-season coverage that'll guide you to title glory. So pick the team to help you build the right team. Make your first important selection of the 2017 season now and get the exclusive edge fantasy football package from rotoexperts.com. Be sure to enter promo code free radio at checkout for your discount. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and with me today for the whole show is Nando DeFino from Fantasy Sports Network. And Nando and I are going to get to some more pitching and hitting performances. But uh, before that, let me tell you a little bit about the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge in-season fantasy baseball package. It is your ultimate bench coach for the 2017 season. Stay ahead of the pack with their in-depth statistical breakdowns, trend analysis, and player insights. Become a waiver wire wizard and learn how to scan the numbers like a Roto scientist. They'll help you set the ideal lineups every week. And this season, you also get a built-in fantasy training staff with their new injury advisor powered by InsideInjuries.com. So get the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge in-season fantasy baseball package now and start soaring to the top of the standings. Enter the promo code free radio, all one word, free radio at the checkout to get a special discount. Uh, Nando, you know who I think is pretty special? Who's that? Andrew Kashner. Really? He does not seem like yeah. an Al guy. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, I feel like now I'm kind of, uh, uh, you know, beat, beating the drum a little too much because I had uh, Mike Podhorzer on the show uh, a couple episodes ago. And Kashner came up because Mike had written a piece for Fangraphs uh, about discrepancies between ERA and Sierra, and Sierra says that Kashner's terrible. And and you know you would expect that, right? Because he both his walk and his strikeout rates are around four per nine innings, not good in either case. But um, you know he he keeps on you know producing, not at a, a super high level, but he's more fantasy relevant than the strikeout and walk rates would would seem to indicate. And he uh, he uh, actually <laughs> toyed with a no hitter, 
had one for five and two-thirds innings on Wednesday against the Red Sox. Uh, wound up going seven innings, just allowing two runs, neither of which was earned, on three hits and three walks and four strikeouts. So there you go, typical Cashner performance. <laughs> four strikeouts, three walks, and seven innings. Um, the, the special sauce for him seems to be just getting a lot of soft contact. And consistently throughout the season, he's been at the top of the StatCast leaderboard for lowest average fly ball distance. And he, he allows a lot of fly balls. So we've got a good sample. But the average fly ball distance off of Kashner is 298 feet. Uh, can you succeed this way? I, that seems like you're playing with fire a little bit. Although uh, maybe, you know, Kashner reinvented himself. Uh, you have to come back from all those injuries and lost time and seasons. and Well, he didn't really lost a season, but... Um, possibly. I mean, CC Sabathia kind of reinvented himself. Um, there have been a host of players who have done it. Maybe Kashner did. I, I just don't know. Like, you don't look at Andrew Kashner and be like, well, you know, he doesn't allow a lot of long fly balls. It seems to me as it gets hotter and muggier, you allow a lot of fly balls, and those 298s <laughs> are going to turn into 350s. I, I, this is like a repeat performance now, though, because that's exactly what Mike said the other day. <laughs> All right, the show. I'll take it. <laughs> so it makes like so four four out of five fantasy analysts agree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Andrew Castor is good for your teeth. Well, that's right. <laughs> well uh, I, I coupled him in the notes with Ty Block for very much on purpose. Uh, Block also pitched last night, so that's that's part of it. Uh, he went against the Tigers, but didn't have. Quite as good of a start, but not a bad one. Six innings, three runs, so quality start for Block. Uh, six hits, just one walk, two strikeouts. So kind of similar for Block, too. But a little better control than Kashner, but he's even more of a contact pitcher, believe it or not, than Kashner is. Um, but he's right behind Kashner on that fly ball distance leaderboard. He's at 300 feet, which is very low, because anything really under 310, 315 is very, very low. Uh, but he's got a 4.60 ERA, so he does, it doesn't seem to be working as well for him. But you know, if you're going to make that argument about, you know, the hot Texas heat, I mean, he's there, you know, staying cool in the Bay Area, um, and he's got a 65% strand rate. So maybe that ERA, even though Sierra agrees with it, maybe it's a little mislead. Maybe it's misleadingly high for Ty Block. I, uh, I see. I see the huge difference between Cashner and Block, and that. Kashner was thrown 96 at his peak, 95 at his peak, and you know, now he's down to like high 93s, I think. Uh, and, you know, he had some great minor league numbers and some great major league numbers. Um, Ty Block hasn't, you know, he doesn't have that string of awesome ERAs coming up through. Granted, there's some PCL in there, but I, I don't know. Well, yeah. I think I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum with you on this one, too, man. I'm sorry. I, I just think Block is 4.06 ERA ish. That's kind of who he, who he is. But you're right. You can't say the heat's going to affect anything. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, he's got a great park, which Kashner doesn't. He's got the more temperate climate to pitch in. Kashner doesn't. So I just think, you know, if if I've been willing to put a little bit of faith in Andrew Kashner, I should probably, you know, be be buying a little bit of Ty Block. Yeah, but Kashner's done it before. Kashner's done it before. Block is a rookie. With a you know a minor league track record that's not it's it's very good it's it's not overwhelming um, you know he doesn't strike anybody out so he does have a couple strikes against him so to speak that Kashner does not <laughs> uh, I don't have the the, the uh, drum kit uh, sound effect anymore either so. Sorry, I couldn't stop myself <laughs> that, that <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, well, and, you know, and, and the point, and I should make the point here, I mean, neither guy is somebody that you want in a, a standard mixed roto league because of the lack of strikeouts. I mean, you can only go so far. I mean, maybe like a Devon Nova is somebody that you could live with without the strikeouts in, in that kind of format. But I don't even really like Devon Nova for roto that much. Um, but for a points league where quality starts or innings count, I think that all those guys have have some kind of uh, you know have some kind of appeal. Uh, what do you think of Parker Bridwell? He went six scoreless innings at Minnesota on Wednesday, just four hits and three walks, uh, also just five strikeouts. But um, you know, nice slim ERA for Bridwell. Are you buying that? Uh, no, actually, I would rank him probably a distant third. Like I could make an argument that Kashner can be very good again. You know, his his velocity can go up a, just a little bit, and I think. You know, he might kind of be close to the old cash and he'll get you strikeouts. Um, I think Ty Block has some decent numbers in the minor leagues. It's just, you know, not the strikeout numbers aren't there. And that's usually part two of my equation. Um, Parker mm. Bridwell, man, has four, four, seven, five ERA in his minor league career. Um, and there's a Oof. lot of minor league career <laughs> behind him. I don't know. I'm not going to knock it. Like he's a major league pitcher, but if. You were asking me which of these three I would take. It would be the first two, probably pretty far ahead of, of Bridwell. Yeah, I would too. And he's got like a 93% strand rate or something like that. So it looks like a complete smoke and mirrors for him. Um, how about Blake Snell? He's got oh, great minor league numbers. My favorite, Al. <laughs> I, I co-own a team with Greg Sussman. And uh, I, Blake Snell, was he's like my white whale. And we, we just we either didn't bid out. We let him go prematurely and... We didn't bid on him the week before, and I just it's crushing me to watch Blake Snell do well on someone else's team. And I know he's going to be awesome the rest of the year too. That's what's killing me. So, all right, well, t- talk talk me into this here because I mean, this was a good start against the Cubs, who have been really good. They've been not good against righties, righties, but really good against lefties. Uh, but like I said, five scoreless for Blake Snell, but four walks. So that's kind of same old, same old for him. Um, what what? makes you think he'll overcome the control issues or or that he maybe doesn't have to overcome the control issues. That's kind of what it is. I think partially organizational <laughs> thing, you know, you get up there and the Rays are known for you know, defensive metrics and being smart about defense, and they'll probably be able to handle some of Snell's mistakes uh, that probably the minor leagues maybe couldn't handle. Um, but I'm just going to pull up his page here. Starting in 2012, his K per 9, 10.1, 9.6, 9.3, 10.9, and 12. 12.5 this year for Durham. Uh, career minor league ERA of 2.81. Those two, th- career minor league strikeout per nine of 10.5 and a career minor league ERA of 2.81 caused me to overlook just a little bit that 1.295 whip in his minor league career. I'm cool with that getting all the other, well, I guess 1.30 whip. I should have rounded it up. I'm sorry. But that's that's my Blake Snell case. Take the strikeouts, take the low ERA, Hope that the major league defense will be able to help mitigate some of the mistakes that he makes, um, and I think you got a great pitcher. I'm kind of sort of talked into it. All right, <laughs> you know, good good park, uh, good good uh, run support, or should get good run support. Well, Matt Garza, I, I have a feeling I know where you fall. I know where I fall on this, but uh, six and a third scoreless last night uh, with four strikeouts, two walks, five hits allowed. Um, any interest there? No, I feel like he does like seven great starts in a row. I'm like, you know, I always did love Mac Garza. You know, back at like 2012, Nando used to love Mac Garza. Um, and then, you know, the second you even think to pick him up, he gets hammered for like three and a third and eight runs. I just, it's, it's just a trust issue with Garza. There's not enough upside there for me to kind of take that shot. 
How is it that Matt Garza knows that you know when either you or I pick him up to just be terrible? I got the same problem, same issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunate. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Let's move on to some hitters. Uh, John Carlos Stanton is the sole member of the two homer club today. As I was going through box scores, I was a little worried that that we might not have one. But you know, John Carlos Stanton, uh, he's up to twenty three homers now, and this is kind of irritating to me uh, that Stanton is, I think, a more complete hitter than he's ever been. I actually talked about this on the show maybe about a month ago with our our former colleague Chris Towers, and you know he was saying that you know he thinks Stanton's better hitter than he's ever been. Uh, so strikeouts are down. He's been healthy. Can't complain about that. And he's 16th in roto value on the ESPN player player rater among outfielders. So I mean, what what gives there? I don't know. I I guess when you, I guess when you start measuring things like that without kind of looking ahead, um, you know, he's going to knock some people off that list one by one, and I think he's going to keep it up. Stays healthy, you know. Summertime, um, Giancarlo Stanton. You know what I mean? You get farther, farther away from that beaning that you know might have caused him some pause in seasons past. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's. I think forget about where he is now. In two months, he'll be seventh, eighth. I I agree with you. So Chris Owings, look out! He's coming for you. Yeah, <laughs> <That was laughs> thank you, Al. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's some some names on that list that look a little vulnerable. Al, let me just um, let me take us off the rails real quick. Yeah, would you rather have Giancarlo Stan or Aaron Judge? Oh, yeah, I had this discussion earlier in the year. And at that point, I did say Stanton. And I think I'll still stay, say Stanton. All righty. Because I think there's, there's there's a little bit of regression coming for Judge. I think they'll they'll meet in a similar spot. Yeah, I'll take Stanton. So, well, I'll find out your answer to that after this break. Hey, fantasy nerds, here's a question for you. What do mozzarella sticks and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network have in common? They're both awesome apps. But seriously, download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app right now and get all your favorite shows and fantasy advice at the touch of a tiny icon on your screen. Snapchat and Instagram aren't going to help you win a fantasy football title, but the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app will. So go get it now on Google Play and iTunes. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and with me for this home show, including this home stretch segment, is Nando DeFino. And Nando, let's uh, kick this off where we left it off. So, in a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I call Aaron Judge. Uh, you know what? As much as I, I love this Aaron Judge story, I got to go John Carlos Stan. I think he's just going to be a monster in the second half. I think Judge is going to cool off. Yeah, that's that's pretty. Much I hate how to I say it, it too, like I'm depressed, depressed saying. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, yeah, I'm a big Stanton fan, and I like Judge too, but it it doesn't even pay me to say it. I mean, I, I'd love to see Stanton have a a big second half and be you know top top five outfielder. I think he can do it. I definitely think he can do it. Uh, all right, well, I'm going to just read off uh, a bunch of key performances from yesterday, Nando, and then just kind of let you freestyle. Uh, on these that work sure so francisco lindor went three for five with a pair of doubles he's got 25 doubles now this is against the padres uh still batting joe though just 252 with uh three steals on the year cole calhoun who 
I know was, maybe still is one of your favorites. Two for four with his 12th home run. That's back-to-back games with a homer. Three straight games with two hits. Malik Smith went four for four and uh, doubled and stole his 10th base against the Cubs. He's owned in only 32% of CBS leagues and 16% of ESPN leagues. I feel like that one speaks for itself. Under-owned. Rajai Davis, so under-owned. Rajai Davis uh, stole four bases all off Kevin Smith. That's the guy who did clerks, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) Uh, Of the White Sox, though. Uh, Franklin Barreto took an offer, is now batting 190, and Marcus Simeon's on the verge of returning. And, uh, and just one more time, I got to do Daniel Nava, three hit game, including a double against the Pirates. His OPS against righties is now up above 1,000. It's 1,001. And he has started three of the last four games for the Phillies. So, who's who you want to talk about? Uh, you know, I think Barreto. Um, could go this way where he, you know, Simeon comes back, Barreto gets sent down. And Bredo comes back in a month and a half and just tears it up. You know what I mean? So if it's like kind of like if Bredo gets sent down and you're in a you know 18-teamer AL only. I don't think you'd drop him if you're AL only, but he's someone who, if you have that spot, hold on to him for as long as you can because he's got the skill to come back up and really do some damage. I think that'll be his story. I, yeah, and I, I could see that. I, I think, you know, look, we all tend to go overboard when prospects come up, especially when they're, you know, like top 20, 25 prospects, you know, overall in the major leagues. But I knew, you know, with Simeon coming back at some point, and it's not like Beretta was, you know, destroying the, the PCL. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think that scenario could happen, but I, I think people got a little overexcited about Beretta. I agree. Um, yeah, I, there's, I agree, Al. You're right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But that said, I mean, the potential is there. I, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about Francisco Lindor because I feel like this is kind of a pattern here where uh, sort of reminiscent of Carlos Correa and George Springer who are having fantastic seasons, but Springer just stole his two first bases of the year yesterday. Correa hasn't even attempted a steal yet. And Lindor's just got three on the year. I mean, can you ever count on anybody to steal bases? It's Todd Frazier, pretty much. Pretty much just that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I guess if you're going to rely on everyone hitting home runs all the time, you don't need to steal bases. <laughs> that's right. Why manufacture a run when you can just score one over the wall? It is kind of annoying. But, I mean, people keep hurting their knees and thumbs while they're sliding to bases. I guess you, you know, cut it's out almost that Almost like Terry Francona and A.J. Hinch don't even care about fantasy. It's weird. <laughs> Heard that uh, before. I think that's a few not though. I think our work is done here. So thank you again for joining me today. Anytime, Al. Great to have you on. And uh, be back tomorrow. So be sure to tune in and uh, have a great rest of the day. See you here tomorrow.